This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Let's pray. Father, do now as we have been singing, we again re- repeat, Lord, that you would please open our eyes that we might see you in Jesus. Amen. All right, now if you turn in your Bibles, because we're gonna be covering really some areas here and, and uh, in Genesis chapter uh, 27 and, and 28, we're gonna have a few verses 27, a few verses 28, just gotta get the background here. Verse 20, in, in chapter 27, Genesis 27, 41, verse 41, chapter 27, verse 41, we're, we're, we'll, we'll get the scene here. Genesis 27, 41. Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father are at hand. hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. And these words of Esau, her elder son, were told to Rebekah, and she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said unto him, Behold, thy brother Esau, as touching thee, doth comfort himself, purposing to kill thee. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice, arise, flee thou to Laban, my brother, to Haran, and tarry with him a few days until thy brother's fury turn away, until thy brother's anger turn away from thee, and he forget that which thou hast done to him. Then I will send and fetch, fetch thee from thence. Why should I be deprived also of you both in one day? Now, drop down to the next chapter, next chapter, chapter 28, Genesis 28, verse 10, verse 10 in chapter 28. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran, and he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night, because the sun was set, and he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, 
and the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south, and in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places where thou goest and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep and he said, surely the Lord is in this place and I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place. This is none other but the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stones that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of that city was called Luzid the first. And Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in the way that I go and give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. Okay, now, we've been having a wonderful time going through looking at Genesis from a new light by calling it the gospel according to Moses. And what we've seen here is we saw in the blessing that Jacob gave as he was dying to his son Joseph, speaking about him being a fruitful vine, we saw the gospel and the evangelism, or the sharing of the gospel, is that picture. And then we saw in the sacrifice of Isaac, the, so, the instead of sacrifice, the foundation of the gospel. And then we saw in the marriage of Isaac, the key of man's willingness in the gospel, the part that that plays in the gospel. Now we're going to look at the gate of heaven to show us who is the benefit, who benefits from the gospel. So this history here starts in verse 43 with Rebecca, the mother of Jacob, and she's directing her son. She's saying she, she was a very directive woman. Jewish women are never directive. I can't understand this, but she was directive. But anyway, verse 43, she says, Now therefore, my son, how can I say that on Mother's Day? Forgive me, sorry, I shouldn't be saying anything. Never mind. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice, she said. Arise, flee thou to Laban, my brother to Haran. Now, Rebekah has just told Jacob, flee thou, flee thou. Jacob now is a runaway. He's a fugitive. He's running away from home. He's running for his life. And Jacob, what's happened here? Why has this happened? Well, the background to all this is that Jacob has conspired with his mother so that he would lie to his father and rob his brother. That's what's happened here, of this blessing of the firstborn, of the birthright. Jacob was not the firstborn, but Rebekah ordered Jacob to trick his, his blind father, her husband, his blind father, Isaac, into thinking that Jacob was really Esau so he could give him the birthright blessing that Isaac had intended to give to Esau. 
And so Rebecca, she orchestrated this whole thing. She facilitated it all. She went and got the skin of the goat for Jacob to put on his arms so he would have seemed like he has the hairy arms that, that Esau had. Rebecca had prepared the venison stew just the way that Esau made it and that she knew that Isaac loved, and she put that into the hands of Jacob to aid in the impersonation. This was all Rebecca's idea. This all came from her. And Jacob was just operating under Rebecca's orders to deceive his father and to steal his brother's blessing. And this deception worked. It worked. And Jacob got his, his father to give him the blessing that was intended for Esau. And when Esau found out about this, that what Jacob had done, Esau was absolutely infuriated. And the only way that Esau could hold it all together to contain himself was by plotting out the details of exactly how he was going to murder Jacob. Happy home. Okay. So, so Rebecca, she found out that Esau was planning to murder Jacob. So Rebecca told Jacob, flee, flee. Now, after what he had done to his father and his brother, Jacob really had only one, one friend in his house, and that was his mother, Rebecca. But Rebecca's side of the story, the way she spoke to, to, to Jacob, was so upsetting. And when you look at that in verse 43, Genesis 27, 43, you see how she's portrayed what's just happened. She says, now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee thou to Laban, my brother, to Haran. Tarry with him a few days. A few days? Hmm. That, that few days was never ending. She never saw him again. Tarry with him a few days until thy brother's fury turn away, until thy brother's anger turn away from thee, and he forget which, that which thou hast done to him. Then I'll send and fetch thee from thence, and so forth. So Rebecca's side of the story, which Jacob hears, is in verse 45, verse 45, until thy brother's anger turn away from thee, and he forget that which thou hast done to him. Now, Rebecca describes this robbery of Esau. She describes this robbery to Jacob as that which thou hast done to him. You know, now wait a minute. This whole thing was all Rebecca's idea. This was all done under Rebecca's direction. This was all facilitated by Rebecca. But now she, tell, she describes this robbery that's all been exposed now, and she's pulling back, and she says, it's all what Jacob had done. You know, you know, it's not what I, Rebecca, have done. It's not what we, Rebecca, and Jacob have done, but it's what you, Jacob, have done. <laughs> so at this point, Jacob can say, why do I feel like I've been thrown under the bus? You know, you know with all this. And at this point, Jacob has really lost his only friend in his home, as his mother now puts all the blame on him. And so at this point, Jacob feels like his father is angry with him, his brother hates him, and his mother has just abandoned him. It's not a great message for Mother's Day. I'm sorry about this. I really didn't think this through. And, okay, but anyway, it's the Bible. And so now he's forced to leave the only home he's ever known for all of his life, and to flee to his uncle Laban's house. Remember how we saw, said last time, is that that's 500 miles away in Syria. And Jacob's father, Isaac, 
as Jacob is thinking about Bass on his home life, he never really cared for Jacob. He really didn't. Isaac really never cared for Jacob. It had always been Rebekah that loved Jacob, not Isaac. It says that in Genesis 25, 28. Genesis 25, 28 says, Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison, but Rebekah loved Jacob. So Jacob's father, Isaac, had always, when you look at Jacob's father, Isaac's life, when you look at Isaac's life, he had always been a mama's boy. Isaac had been a mama's boy. He was protected by the apron of his mother, Sarah, who, when it came down to the other one, Ishmael, mocking Isaac, she rose up in protection of her son, uh, Isaac. And she said in Genesis 21.9, Genesis 21.9, Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore, she said unto Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. She doesn't even say the name Ishmael. She just says that's that one. Anyway, and she's, and she's protecting Isaac. And this is how Isaac has basically grown up with a very, very strong mother who's, who has basically, that's, he's a mama's boy. Now, Jacob's father, Isaac, had always been protected by Sarah, and Jacob's brother, Esau, was not like his father. Esau was not like Isaac. Esau was a hunter. He could kill deer. He could prepare savory venison stew, and Isaac loved that because it wasn't just that Isaac loved the stew, which he did, but but it was represented because Esau was a man of the field and something that Isaac never was. So Isaac loved Esau. And Isaac really didn't care for Jacob because Jacob was too much like himself. Jacob was too much like Isaac. Isaac was a mama's boy, and Jacob was a mama's boy. He was the picture we have of Jacob. He's He's in the kitchen. He's always in the kitchen. He's cooking something like lentils all the time. While Esau is out in the field hunting down deer, very exciting. It says that in Genesis 25, 29, Genesis 25, 29, Jacob sawed pottage. In other words, Jacob was making soup or stew. And Esau came from the field and he, and he was faint. And that was another situation. But anyway, Jacob had tried to make his, his father love him. Jacob knew his father loved food. So Jacob made the best food he could, the best lentil food he, he tried to please his father, but his father, he wanted his father to love him, but it was always the same. You know, Esau would come home with the deer and Isaac would be thrilled. Oh, now I've got meat. You know, I'll be able to eat meat, Esau's meat. And so Jacob was always frustrated in his home because he knew that his father loved Esau and not him. He knew that. And there was nothing that Jacob could do to make his father love him. And he was frustrated And so at home, Jacob always felt that his father was pushing him away in favor of Esau. And Jacob now, he's now where he's finally, he's being pushed out himself out of his home by his mother, Rebekah, who knows that Esau wants to kill him. And so Jacob knows that Esau is also good at killing, so that he, he, he wants to get out. Now, this is how our history starts. This is the background. This is the stage. This is what's happening as we find Jacob running away from home with his father angry at him, his brother wanting to kill him, and his mother abandoning him. And this is his state of mind as he leaves home. And when we read now 
in chapter 28, Genesis 28, 10, 28, 10, this is what the backdrop in when it says, and Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So when it says this, that Jacob went out from Beersheba, the awful truth is that Jacob went out alone, totally alone, absolutely alone. He's on the run alone. He's a fugitive. He's all alone. Why? All because he had conspired with his mother to lie to his father, to steal from his brother. But that's not the story that Jacob would tell you if you would stop Jacob and say, Jacob, why are you leaving home? Oh, he'd have a story. He would say something like, well, I'm off for romance. I'm off to go find a wife. I don't really like the girls back home. But, uh, you know, my mother's beautiful. She came from this place in Syria. My grandmother was beautiful, Sarah. Sarah, my grandfather, I'm going back there. I like the girls back there. I'm in search of an exciting romance. That's what I'm doing. And so what we see here when Jacob is a fugitive on the run, he's running away from his past, and that's a picture of mankind. That's a picture of man. Man is on the run away from God, as man is described in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6, where it describes all of us when it says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now, it was Jacob's sin. That was the real reason for all the trouble in his life. And it's man's sin. That's the reason for all the troubles in life, because all men are sinners. As it says in Romans 3.10, Romans 3.10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There's none that understandeth. There's none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way they are altogether become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Romans 3.10. That's man. That's man. He's running away from God, just like Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. They sinned, and what did they do? They ran away from God in Genesis 3.8. Genesis 3.8. They heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and Eve, Adam and his wife, hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. Sin makes man stupid. That's <laughs> stupid. Man, sin makes man think he can hide himself behind a tree that God created and he can't see. It's like man says, okay, no one can see me now because <laughs> I close my eyes. That's what sin does. And there's only one way to break that pattern of sin and running away, and that's for man to face up to it, face up to the mess that he's made in his life. But God loves Jacob, and so God is driving Jacob into a corner where Jacob's gonna meet God. I don't know why people have to be driven into a corner. I don't know why I had to be driven into a corner. I don't know why that is, why it was that Jacob, before they turned to God. I mean, why don't people who are reasonable and they see this, is, this makes sense, God's way of reconciliation, why don't they just take God's offer of salvation on face value? Well, but man thinks he doesn't need God. You know, when the weather is 75 degrees in San Diego and the sun is shining, man thinks, who needs God? I don't need God. Living in beautiful San Diego, man thinks that I found a great way of life without God. I'm happy without God. That was the grand experiment in Europe, especially after World War II. How can we make a life without God and be happy? And they've been working on it ever since. But the Bible says that all of that, all of that life without God is described in Proverbs 14.12. Proverbs 14.12 says, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. It's a way of death. 
The absence of God in the life is the way of death. But Jacob's run away from home, it had a limit to it. He could only run so far. It had a limit. And he reached his limit in verse 11. In verse 11, where it says, he lighted upon a certain place and tarried all night because the sun was set. So Jacob has run, run, run as far as he could, but now he can't go any farther because night has stopped him. His run was measured. He's got to stop because darkness had overcome Jacob. And that's a picture of man and his life on the run from God. He can only run so far. His run is measured. And then he has to stop, if nothing else, because of Hebrews 9.27, his appointment. It's appointed unto man, Hebrews 9.27. It is appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. Death stops every man from running away from God. In working at the cancer clinic, you see the determination of cancer patients. I'm going to beat this. I'm going to fight it down. I'm going to overcome this cancer. But sooner or later, what happens is 2 Samuel 14, 14. 2 Samuel 14, 14 happens. For we must needs die, and are as water spilt on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. Or Job 14, 5. Job 14, 5. Seeing his days are determined, the number of his months are with thee. Thou hast appointed his bounds that he cannot pass. And so there's only... There's only one person who cheats death. There's only one person who cheats death. And the Lord Jesus Christ described who that person was, is in John eleven twenty five. John eleven twenty five. when he said, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. That's the only person that cheats death. He is the one who believes into the Lord Jesus Christ. So just as Jacob he could only run so far. So man can only run so far away from God. And then darkness overcomes Jacob. And that's a picture of what happens to man who runs from God. Darkness finally overcomes him. He may not call it darkness. He may call it confusion. He may call it being unsure. He may just say, I'm just not sure. I just don't know. I just don't know. That's darkness. That's all darkness. If you ask people today, what's going to happen to you after you die? If they're honest, they'll say something like, I really don't know. I really don't know. King David described this darkness of the road that goes away from God when he said in Psalm 82.5, Psalm 82.5, they know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness, in darkness. In Proverbs 4.19, it says, the wicked are as darkness. They know not at what they stumble." In John 12, 35, John 12, 35, the Lord Jesus said unto them, he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. In Isaiah 59, it's describing those who are in darkness when it says Isaiah 59, 9, Isaiah 59, 9, we wait for light, but behold obscurity. For brightness, but we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like the blind, we grope as we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night, and we are in desolate places as dead men. The darkness that overcame Jacob in verse 11 is symbolic of the darkness that overcomes man. And there's only one person who's not in the darkness of life. And that person the Lord Jesus described in John 8, 12. John 8, 12, when he said, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. 
That's the only person who's not walking in darkness is the one who's following the light of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.